Welcome to Sacred Realms. It's a great day in Hyrule, y'all. Welcome to Sacred Realms, a Zelda retrospective podcast. I am your host, Lyndon Willoughby, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt Willoughby. Matt, how are you doing this wonderful evening? I'm pretty good, Lyndon. We are about to jump into a rather spoopy section of the game, which uh, brings us back to our first guest that we had, uh, back on the show. I know we've been very excited to have her back. Miss Captain Dangerous Kylie Parker, who we love very Hello. much. We're so happy to have it's her back. Kylie, she's back. <laughs> I'm so excited for this spooky episode. I'm so glad that you guys asked me to be a part of not only one of my favorite temples, but also my love of spookiness. So it, uh, it comes full circle. <laughs> well, you know what? I always figured that like Whenever we, whenever um, we were booking episodes and guests and everything, and and we were trying to fill up all the temples, um, I had a a feeling in the back of my mind that the Shadow Temple was going to be one of the harder ones to like, you know, um, to to get spoken for. And so, mm-hmm. because you were like, I think the first person that I asked if you wanted to be on an episode, and you said Shadow Temple without even blinking, mm-hmm. and that made me so excited because I was just like, oh my gosh, if she's if she's this enthusiastic to talk about this, oh my gosh, this special. <laughs> terrifying nightmare fuel dungeon. Oh, oh yes. I, uh, I, uh, there's just something about this particular temple and not only just Zelda, but in video games in general, that just hits different. Like it is just, it is spooky beyond its time. <laughs> it really is. And it's also a very unique dungeon in the grand scheme of Ocarina of time. There is, and we'll talk about this obviously when we get to the sacred realms rundown, but like, there's almost no backtracking. There's a ton of enemies. Like it's it's a very different dungeon than especially coming off the water temple. Like you go from the water temple to the shadow temple. It's like night and day. They're polar opposites. And so like it's very I don't know. I like the shadow temple personally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. I had a fun time with it as well. But obviously we will get into all that before too terribly long before we before we dive headfirst into the into the realm of spook. Um, Kylie, I just want to ask you real quick how you've been doing since the last time we talked to you. I have been doing great. Um, Keeping busy, working a lot, enjoying, well, enjoying some of enjoying this summer hot weather i mean everything is green and beautiful but it has been humid as heck lately <laughs> but uh i'm enjoying the sunshine enjoying being able to have some nice light for uh my you know my photos and stuff but no i've been i've been doing great any fun projects on the horizon you want to tell everybody about that you or that you can tell anybody about yes i am doing some fun videos for good smile company coming up here soon um and I I can't quite share details of the public yet, but you guys will be able to see some really cool um, behind the scenes stuff. Um, and I'll be able, or I'll be answering some fun questions that a lot of people have been asking and wanting to see on video. Uh, people have been asking me for 
ages. So finally, it is happening. Now people have been asking me to do videos for forever. It is happening six years later. (laughs) (laughs) It is happening. (laughs) We get to see the method behind the art. Oh, yes. It's exciting. Oh, I I really can't wait. I mean, the the very brief snippets that I've kind of seen you post over the years of you and your process, getting your settings all ready to go. um, It's just it's absolutely fascinating. So a deep dive into, you know, I mean, I I mean it from the bottom of my heart. One one artiste to another. Um, Yes. What you do is is excellent. And I am very excited for the opportunity to uh, get a, a deeper dive into what all is involved there. And so where can people follow you if they don't already to see these wonderful snippets and glimpses and your new fun projects? So I am Captain Dangerous on Instagram. Um, No underscore or nothing, just Captain Dangerous. I am Captain Dangerous 64 on Twitter and Dangerous Pixels on Facebook. Those are the big three that I'm on. I, I don't really have any other social besides that. I know people are like, everybody get a TikTok and I'm just... Don't vibe with it at the moment. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> so in with the I, old people's club of I. Just, I like, know. I'm I'm, I feel like I'm too old for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we were. Uh, this came up when we were talking to Sam O'Neill, Nintendo fangirl, a few weeks ago. Oh yeah, and she was telling us that she TikTok has been one of the bigger things that she's kind of jumped into. And uh, yeah, I think Matt and I were very much of the of the mind. Uh, where we were like, you know what, you you go, you do you. Well, <laughs> yeah, more, more exactly. power to you. Yes, basically, yeah. Like, I, I've had a lot of people be like, oh, you know, a lot of people would love, like, your miniatures and stuff on there. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure, but I'm like, then it's just, like, another platform I, like, have to manage and take care mm-hmm. of. And I'm too old for it. And it's, like, it's just one of those things where it's, like, maybe eventually, but honestly, it's one of those things where I guarantee once I start to get into it that, like, some company is going to buy it and then make it awful. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, there, there it's ended. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, someone was trying to convince us to like live stream the videos on like YouTube or something, or even just like start yeah. making YouTube videos. And Linda and I were both like, yeah, but then I have to like put on nice clothes and like actually do my hair. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Matt, Matt would have to shave. Yeah, I'm just not about it. I'm just going to like, it's fine. I'd rather just do this and no one can see me and they just get to listen to my mellifluous voice instead. That's that's a a vocab word. (laughs) (laughs) No, see, like, I I know exactly what you mean because I've had people ask me, you know, like, oh, like, do, you know, do your own YouTube and stuff like that. I'm like, well, I don't want to manage it. And two, Mm -hmm. it's kind of, it's kind of like a fun, rare thing for me to do YouTube stuff for people to actually see me. So I kind of like to have like that fun, like every once in a while I do something for like a company and, you know, that's where I'm at. It's like, I'm constantly uploading um, stuff that I do. So it, it kind of just keeps the suspense a little bit and it, it makes it so my face isn't everywhere. <laughs> I, I would rather my art be places instead of my stupid face. So. <laughs> oh, you'd be nicer, be nicer to your face <laughs> than that. I, it's just much, it's much easier. Cause I'm going to tell you right now, like every time I'm like working or doing stuff, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm in like pajamas and like my hair is like a mess and I'm like working. Like I, oh, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't look like this perfect Twitch and YouTube girls who have like their perfect makeup <laughs> and I'm so envious. I'm like, you all look gorgeous. And I look like a goblin. Look, I, I am <laughs> loving the work from home life for only one, two reasons. And that is I get to sleep in until the absolute last minute and I get to throw on basketball shorts and a ratty t-shirt. And like, oh, I live right? in basketball shorts oh, yeah. and a ratty t-shirt these days. So it is absolutely. 
It is absolutely like an awesome vibe. (laughs) Oh, for sure. All this being said, I've been assured by several people that our unwillingness to dive into YouTube um, is denying us a absolute dump truck of monies. So I don't know if I don't know I don't know if they're right or not, but I do like I do like monies. I think let's focus on getting the podcast to like averaging a thousand downloads a week and then let's like think about youtube yeah well and also i mean my wife is due with our first child in like a month and a half so yeah two two months so i feel like maybe i'm not gonna like add a whole new endeavor to this whole thing right now yes definitely focus on what you got right now and then obviously if that comes down the pipe later then go for it yeah (laughs) not ruling it out so if like anybody on our patreon (laughs) or like uh social media is just like oh my god if you start a youtube channel i'll pay you like xyz amount of money like let us know if you like want to pay us to do youtube (laughs) we will entertain the idea at the very least Yes, absolutely. Put a put a pin in that. We'll come back to it. <laughs> um, before we move on, Kylie, uh, I want to get you into a rotating segment that I'm calling uh, "What Are Matt, Lyndon, and Kylie Sipping On for this episode?" Mm-hmm. Um, oh yes. So what 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 did you work up for us tonight? So I again, like I uh, I kind of stated a bit before we started recording. I actually forgot about our, our sip thing that we did, and I had to kind of quickly make a mishmash drink. <laughs> Alchemy, dark source. Yes, I was like, mm, let's see what tastes good. So no, what I have is, it's basically like a tropical um, vodka drink with orange slices in it. So it's like orange juice, pineapple juice with a little bit of apple. Um, and it's like a tropical dream. It is absolutely delicious. Um, and I made it up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sound I mean, that sounds delicious. With the subject matter that we're going to be tackling in this episode, I was half expecting you to show up with something that was just like the most metal sounding drink you can possibly imagine. <laughs> like, okay, okay, next. Uh, what I need to do is next time, especially if we do like another spooky one, I'm going to find like the spookiest like like blood of my enemies drink. <laughs> something ridiculous. Like zombie blood. Something that or, smokes you know, something. a little bit off the top. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh mm, man, perfect. I love that. Uh Matt, we what are we drinking? We know, it's yours. We are drinking uh Rabbit Hole Cave Hill Bourbon. So Oh, that sounds delicious. It's delicious, actually. Quite, quite good. So um, we're getting into that time of year where the the heavier, spicier bourbons are probably not going to be as much my thing. But I know it's getting a little warm. And but you know what that does mean is we get to move into like the whiskey mules and the Moscow mules and the. Uh, oh, I love a oh, Moscow know, mule. So, so good. good. Uh, maybe a nice gin and tonic yeah. or something. G and T's. Delicious. Summer drinks hit different. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. No doubt. Absolutely. Well, that has been our rotating segment. What are Lyndon, Matthew, and Kylie drinking? So <laughs> there you have it. The podcast none of you came for, but you got it anyway. Alcohol. Yeah. Yes, in Zelda. The perfect combo. That's such a perfect combo. One of these days, if we're feeling real frisky, we'll just do like Sacred Realms After Dark, and it'll be us three, and we'll, we'll just like, I don't know. Be slamming drinks and just talking all, nonsense. All of us. Yeah, take a shot every time, you know, we'll make a drink game out of it or something. Ooh, that would be fun. <laughs> 
put a pin in that one too. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into some housekeeping and then roll right into what we actually came here to talk about. If you guys didn't know, Sacred Realms is a weekly re-examination of The Legend of Zelda one little slice at a time. Sacred Realms drops every Wednesday and is available on all major podcast networks. That we know of. That we know of, yep. (laughs) Every week we play a new section of a Zelda game and then we sit down here to talk and to drop our hot takes. If that sounds fun to you, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and be sure to leave us a review. Five-star reviews are greatly appreciated, and they have a chance to get a shout-out here on the show. Um, actually, hey, Matt, I feel I feel like it's about time for a, a five-star review shout-out. Oh, are, got, we, are we doing a shout-out? Yeah, we got so many good ones. That's um, true. We do have some good ones. I mean, what are we up to? We're up to like 50. and Something like that. And they're all five-star. So, yeah, when you guys turned out for our little <laughs> uh, poster giveaway competition, you, you guys really did the thing right. Uh, we got some great ones in there. Ooh, I'm, do- I'm going to do it. You're going to do it? You got I'm going to do it. It's, okay. it's actually the very top one, and I like it a lot. Okay. Because it references my favorite thing. From Haru the Mighty. So I will absorb, watch, listen, and read any Zelda content I can get my hands on. In this case, my ears get to enjoy some weekly legendary content. I've been thoroughly enjoying this podcast and the hosts who bring us their retrospective. It gets me excited about the biggest thing that changed my childhood and inspired me to be who I am today. This podcast has it all. Well-informed Zelda conversation, bashing and supporting the games, usually as deserved, some sibling bickery, excellent storytelling, and then the breakdown of the games as it is and our and as our hosts and guest sees it i appreciate the dissection of each game one piece at a time and that it is talked about from one dungeon to another i love the guests that are brought on and the civility the hosts have as they discuss as all people should their opinions in a friendly and open way also for the record Skyward Sword is an incredible game with an amazing storytelling, fun and exciting gameplay despite the linear world. In my opinion, Spirit Tracks is my least favorite of all the games, even though it is still a great game. Thank you for doing this podcast. It is a light in my week, and I look forward to them greatly from Haru the Mighty. Well, Haru, it's really all for you. It's all about you. Haru the Mighty, that was just a just a peachy thing for you to say. So we It was very, very sweet. It was. We appreciate all of our five-star reviews so much. Um, if you're enjoying the episode, please go and, and leave us another one because the more people that leave five-star reviews, the more people discover our show. At least that's what I've been led to believe. So anywho. If you want more Sacred Realms in your life, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash sacredrealmspod to get access to bonus episodes. You can write in listener mail. You can vote on what game we play next and so much more. A quick note on voting. As I said in last week's episode, our poll on Patreon, where you can go and vote for what game we play next, has been up for about a week. It will stay up until the day that the Ganon's Castle episode of this show airs, which will be two weeks from the day you're listening to this. So um, at that time, we're going to close the poll, and whatever has the most votes is the game that we're going to play next. As of this moment, Link's Awakening has taken a commanding lead over the uh, second-place pick, which uh, which is A Link to the Past. It's behind by about three votes right now. So, um, And for the record... If Link's Awakening wins, Lyndon owes me a very nice cigar. I believe I said a cigar of no less than $10, which would be... You know, I can go back and listen to the episode where I, we discuss this, and I'm pretty sure you said no less than 15 Uh You can fact check me. I'm pretty sure I said 10 bucks, but I can get you a really good cigar. Okay. For, for and more and on the inverse... Yeah, it's a good one to 10 I mean, it's fair. If you're, you know, it's not... 
they're not the best, but I mean, for 10 bucks, it's not bad. This is true. <laughs> um, and on the inverse, if uh, Link to the Past wins, then I owe Lyndon a cigar. So yes. uh, let's see who you guys like more. Ooh, are we turning this into a personal competition? Ah, man, I don't know. I mean, that sounds on, on one hand, that sounds like fun. But on the other hand, I don't know if my fragile ego can, can handle <laughs> what seems to be the current inevitable outcome. So, okay. So not personal this time. Uh huh. Yeah. Maybe next time. We'll okay. get back around to that later. But, uh, regardless, if you have some incredible aversion to seeing a link to the past art <laughs> being our next game that we cover on this podcast, then, uh, go sub to the Patreon, any level is able to vote in that poll from the lowest all the way to the highest. So yeah, if there's a specific game you want to play, then head over there and cast it a vote. You got two more weeks. All right. I think that's all we've got for housekeeping. So without further ado, let's just get into what we played. This is the sacred realms rundown. It's a six part analysis of what we played this week and the feelings that it made us feel today. We're covering Ocarina of time chapter seven, which, which is going to be spent in the bottom of the well and the shadow temple, which, oh boy, howdy. I, I rem, yeah, mm-hmm. I remembered, like, like, I thought I remembered how spooky all of this was and how deeply upsetting some of the things that happen here are. Mm-hmm. And I, I truly just had no concept of what I was in for. Yeah. The enhanced 3D graphics here actually, like, make a big difference in how, like, legitimately terrifying some of this stuff is. Yeah. All right. Part one of the Sacred Realms rundown, as always, is the plot recap as read by Matt. Take us away, Matt. All right. With the three areas of Hyrule that we visited in our childhood and now returning to normal, we find ourselves seeking guidance on where to find the next two sages. But where do we go? The only place in Hyrule where there is still a gathering of people is Kakariko Village, the home of the legendary Sheikah tribe. As we approach the village gate, smoke rises from burning buildings and screams of fear can be heard emanating from within. A vicious storm rages as we enter the village and we see a lone figure standing over the well in the center. Sheik stands, a lone sentinel peering into the empty well. Step back, Link, he says. Suddenly, Sheik is thrown into the air by an invisible force and flung around as if he weighed no more than a doll. Our enigmatic ally is tossed to the ground and goes limp. As we stand there, shocked by what has transpired, a dark and formless shadow comes up from the well and begins oozing its way across the village. As it makes its rounds, it suddenly seems to lock onto us with malign intent, and it charges. Our trusty Hylian shield and master sword are of no avail as we meet the same fate as our friend. As we come to, with Sheik standing over us, the fires dying down around, and they begin to subside. Sheik tells us about a great evil that has broken free of the ancient magics and escaped from the bottom of the well. The great Impa, the princess's former assistant and leader of the Sheikah tribe, has gone to the Shadow Temple to attempt to seal this ancient evil away. Sheik encourages us to explore the well and find the hidden treasure within to assist us uh, before going to assist Impa. Before he leaves, he teaches us the Nocturne of Shadow to help us find our way to the enigmatic and secretive Shadow Temple once we have achieved our goal in the well. At the bottom of the well, we discover that it was sealed long ago and we have no way to enter it. At least, not in this time. 
Returning to the Temple of Time, we place the Master Sword back in its pedestal and return to our original time as a child. Returning to the village, we drain the well using the Song of Storms and proceed down to the bottom. It is open and ready for us to explore. The well is populated by a mixture of monsters and human skeletons, and to our shock, floors and walls that have no substance. The souls of the men and women whose bodies inhabit this well cry out for us to hear and tell us to find the lens of truth. We fight through the labyrinth of monsters and hidden walls until coming to the final chamber where we are confronted by the most terrifying monster we have seen in our journey so far. It's so freaking scary. (laughs) A mound of dead flesh, reaching hands, giant yellow teeth, and an endless hunger for living victims attacks us over and over (laughs) again. Finally, when we defeat this monster, the lens of truth is revealed to us. We take our prize and gladly leave this mass grave behind us. Returning to the time of our adult life, we take the lens of truth and and travel to the dark and haunted Shadow Temple. Immediately upon entering, the palpable sense of evil sinks upon our shoulders. Using the lens of truth, we begin to progress through the bowels of this graveyard side temple. We find the hover booch, which will aid us in our walk through the dark. The temple is harrowing upon not only our skills, but tests the very limits of our courage. Enemies appear from nowhere, guillotines adorn the ceilings, and instruments of torture line every wall. And at the very end, we come to a ship of death, hovering over a river of mist and darkness. The ship deposits us in front of the room containing the evil spirit which Impa came to face. And as we descend to the very depths of this unhallowed place, the darkness becomes complete. There is no light here. Drums. Drums in the deep. I see see what you did there. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I'm glad. Hands begin to play the drum that we find ourselves standing upon, and out of thin air, a giant red eye shines its malevolent gaze upon us. The fight against this evil spirit is joined. Using the lens of truth, our trusty bow, and a fantastic sense of timing and agility, we strike down the evil Bongo Bongo and bring an end to his domain. Once again in the Chamber of Sages, we come to face face to face with Impa, who bestows upon us not only the medallion of shadow, but the knowledge that the princess is still alive and fighting her own fight against the evil that uh, holds sway over Hyrule. The village of Kakariko and Hyrule's hallowed dead can once again rest easy now that the spirits in the Shadow Temple have been contained once more. Only one more sage to find and free. This has been the plot recap as read by Matt. Part two is going to be our takes. And I just want to say, look, okay, obviously there's a lot to get into here, but I don't know that I've ever fought. I've played a lot of Zelda games. I don't know that I've ever fought a more terrifying enemy than the stupid dead hand at the bottom of the well. I mean, this thing is like, it's like, it's like if a wad of chewed gum had had teeth and grabby hands like and why could, also, could also disappear into the floor at random intervals reappear only at least when your kid link only when he grabs you by the head from one of his other random hands that is protruding from the floor and then he's like bites you it's weird it's yeah it's oh my gosh okay Gross. <laughs> kylie look let's let's i guess lead off with you what are your thoughts about this section of the game? Because oh my goodness! Whew. Well, I will say when I first played this as a kid, 
because you guys were kind of you know talking about how it leads from the temple before to this and it's just it's such a contrast um not only in just look and feel but just like it's like oh this whew, this got dark real quick <laughs> yeah um but i i love it for many reasons um obviously my love of horror movies and spooky things and all that like it it definitely definitely uh fills that for me but um something i i really do love about it and it's something i've i've noticed too playing it again is all the little background details that they kind of put in there that you don't really notice because you mean you're focusing on fighting the enemies and getting your way through but um i i don't remember if they changed this in the 3d um like remake or reboot but i feel like in the 64 version there was a lot more like blood splatters and like creepier stuff hanging in the background. There was like a little bit more like violent feel to it. And I, if I'm remembering correctly, I feel like they may have changed that a little bit in the 3d version. I could be completely wrong, but um, I'm remembering playing through um, since I'm playing through the 64 version that they kept a lot of that in there. Um, and it was scary as, as heck. Like, you know, you're, you're walking into a, into a room and it's, it, you know, looks like a dungeon, like torture chamber. And there's like blood on the wall. There's like a pile of bones and you're like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like if they're straight up in some rooms, the, a flaying cross with like pools yes. of blood underneath of it. Like it's straight up out of game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, yes, exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. So Ugh. I, I don't have a great memory. I haven't played the N64 version of this game in quite a while. Um, so I, I don't, have a great recollection of how it used to look versus how it looks now but i mean really if it's more freaky than what's happening in the 3ds version then it must have really been something because the 3ds version is not pulling any punches i mean like matt's saying you've got you've got pools of blood that are collected around you have skulls that are like a part of the texture on walls mm -hmm. i mean it's just i mean you got creepy faces everywhere um it's a it's a whole vibe honestly i think that this is probably the darkest environment like the or the scariest environment that it, that is ever in a zelda game if there's a scarier one than this then i can't think of it um because like i mean i, I can't either i mean honestly yeah like i know that you know i know twilight princess has its spooky moments and um majora's mask obviously is kind of a very um m much more of like a, a minor scale game to, mm -hmm. to this game's major scale but that's more just in its overall tone and sense of dread i don't think much of that comes from like a horror vibe um i mean there's like a there's a dungeon with a bunch of redeads in wind waker but like that game's kind of style sort of takes a little bit of the, the the cuteness of the style takes the edge off a little bit yeah. i mean when you walk into almost any room um in in this temple there's there's literally in each corner like a pile like a you know, pile of dead bodies. Yes. <laughs> like every yeah. you go yeah. in. <laughs> and, and like one of the things I noticed even in the, the bottom of the well is there's the, the area where you can fall into from multiple points in the well. And it's got the, a couple redeads. There's like three, um, corridors that go off of it. And then there's a pool of like acid or maybe poison, mm -hmm. um, with some some beams in it and in the, the nintendo 64 version i very vividly remember that the things that were coming out of the pool of acid looked like dead weird rotting flowers um in the 3ds yeah, yeah. version they are super clearly human hands 
Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not normal. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. It's, it's a whole it's a whole vibe they're going for here. I guess. Okay, so um, similar to last week, we kind of talked about the ice cavern in this section and didn't roll it into the dungeon maps. So I'm going to go ahead and say we do the same thing for the bottom of the well, and we go ahead and tackle that here. Yep. I I think that I'm prepared to say that the bottom of the well is the scariest part like the shadow temple has got its own spooky little moments and everything you know but the right. but the bottom of the well i don't know what it is maybe it's just because it feels more claustrophobic um it definitely is i can definitely see that it, yeah it is it, for sure it, it is just straight up nightmare fuel like i i i go down the ladder and into the well and i get the heebie-jeebies you know yeah i i can see that um I personally find at least the like the, I think the middle section of the Shadow Temple isn't terrible, mostly because it's a lot of like um, n- uh, not animated. What's the what's the word I'm looking for? It's it, they're not it's like traps. It's mostly just traps and like guillotines oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and environmental. Things. Yeah, it's environmental stuff. Um, so like the bottom of the well uh, is almost entirely organic or animated or reanimated in many cases uh, enemies. So that's spooky in its own way. But then like you have the beginning section of the shadow temple and the ending section of the shadow temple, which I think are scarier by themselves than the, than the well, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know that just, the bottom of the well, like I said, it oogs me out. There's just something about it. I don't know if it's. Uh, I, I mean, you you are slightly claustrophobic, so I guess that <laughs> yeah, makes sense. I've, it, <laughs> oh, that would do it. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's really freaky. Um, interesting note: the bottom of the well is the first time in this game that Child Link can acquire small keys. Yes, I was gonna say that. Yeah. <sighs> too slow oh, you're right you're right yes yeah. every other d- uh, dungeon that you enter as child linked it does not have small keys and this one does yes well i mean of course you know the elephant in the room the, the creepiest part is dead hand Ugh. yeah like, yeah i mean the, the 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 childhood nightmares like i mean mm. i think that really really sells it right there <laughs> oh, for sure and and the i think dead hand is far more terrifying as child link than he is as adult link um oh, absolutely. because like at least when you're adult link you have the lens of truth and you can see how to like pull him out of the ground without getting grabbed right as child link you and, don't and how do you do that matt just in case our listeners don't know oh so you when you're adult link and you have the lens of truth you equip it and you can see on the ground a circular shadow spot where dead hand will come up out of the ground and you throw a bomb on it and it blows up and it pulls him out. Right. Yeah. So you can get him out of the ground without having to get caught by one of the grabbing. But as child link, you do not have that option because you obviously don't have the lens of truth. You kill dead hand in order to get the lens of truth. Um, so like you have no choice other than to willingly let yourself get grabbed and you cannot move for, it's like a ridiculously long amount of time. And then most likely you get chomped. Yeah. Not great. So this section of the whole game is um, it's definitely very stress inducing for people who are playing through with three hearts. Because I was about to say, how did you do on your three heart run with this boss fight? Oh, I forgot you were doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) I'm good. Are you okay? (laughs) I'm good. So uh, I think what was this two weeks ago? I so I gave an update on this. Um. I was allowing myself three fairies the entire time I was playing. 
and and that was all. And I've used one of them, and that was when I was fighting Volagia of of all things. Of all things, of because, all the bosses. Yeah, well, she took me by surprise because her fire breath attack. I, I remember. Yeah, however much damage it does to you, it's more than three hearts because it one hit KO'd me and I had to use a fairy. Um, but I, I did not have to use one, have not used one since then, and didn't have to use one in this section. Um, the, the thing that makes it difficult is that obviously the re-deads can paralyze you, and if one of those, if one of those hops on you, then you did. Yeah, you're you're dead. He's doing more than three hearts worth of damage in one go before you can shake him off. So, um, I mean, I was I was just being very cautious with my playing of um the Sun Song to freeze re-deads. Mm, yeah, I played so, a lot of Sun Song. Yeah. Um, so not, not too awful from that perspective. Um, the other one that can really get you is in this section of the game, there are several floor masters, um, mm. in the four back in the forest temple, we had like one or two. No, I think we, they have ceiling masters in the well floor masters are in the shadow temple. Well, right. But I'm saying like in this section. Oh, of oh game, okay. Okay. Like, gotcha. Yeah. And, and the floor masters, I don't believe can be stunned by the sun song. No. So you just um, have to kill them. Yeah. You just have to have to exhibit some good combat reflexes to, to get those guys without going down. But yeah. Um, yeah. No, I look, it's in terms of just effectiveness of a tone that Nintendo was trying to go for. I don't think you can say that the bottom of the well and the shadow temple combined or anything other than like a stunning triumph. Like if, if, yes, for sure. yeah, if Nintendo is sitting down and saying, we want to make the spookiest ass dungeon that we possibly can make, then this whole section of the game, what's an it. ass dungeon. That's for another. <laughs> well, just, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll save that for the uh, sacred realms after dark. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When when we're like twelve drinks in, right. <laughs> that sounds about right. So um, yeah, no, no, no. I oh, okay. We're, we've been we've been talking a lot about what this section of the game made us feel. I do just want to say this is a, a good section of the game. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to get into here. And what I think is impressive is that it keeps you busy without sending you to too many different areas of the map. Like that's so true. Like yeah. you, you're not spending a ridiculous amount of time going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, unless you did the big Goron sword quest like I did. Um, but like it's, oh yeah, very true. it's very confined. You are Kakariko village, temple of time, Kakariko village, temple of time, Kakariko village. And, you know, when you have um, the prelude of light, that is not a not a bad trip, right? Like it's yeah, no, boom, no, no. boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I do. I do enjoy this section of the game. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, Kylie, when was the last time that you kind of played through this? I know you were you were working on Ocarina not too long ago. So it has been especially with. Um, excuse me, like work and stuff, it's been a little difficult for me to get back into it. But I will say that I've I played this game so much, and especially with the this temple in particular, mm. that I remember very. I mean, it's hard to forget. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's um, true. It has it has been a while, but like I said, I remember everything pretty well. Especially since um, I I remember playing this with my brother really late at night. Um, Best times to play it back when I. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, he would come home from work and. Uh, we, I, I remember I'd stay up, wait for him to come home from work and we would sit and I remember getting to this temple and my brother and I were so freaked out playing it. Like again, like, you know, I didn't, I wasn't exposed to a ton of video games and stuff when I was um, younger and, you know, growing up at home, we didn't have a lot of money for, for, you know, uh, 
systems and stuff that were, you know, out at the time. So, you know, my first system that had been out for 10 years was like the N64 and I'm like mm-hmm. super stoked about it. So play, uh, playing through this, um, I remember it being really late at night. My brother and I were just absolutely freaked out. And I think that's why I still remember it so well is because of that. Like, I, I think again, if I didn't, if I didn't play through the game and, you know, like the past 10 years, I would still remember this temple just because of how much it freaked me out. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I think wrapping up the bottom of the well, just because I know we, we need to move on into dungeon, um, into the actual dungeon. Um, it's, I like it more, I think than the ice cavern. Um, it is more interesting. It's a little bit longer. And, um, I, like I have said in previous um, previous episodes, I prefer I, I like combat gauntlet dungeons and the both the bottom of the well and uh, the shadow temple are very much like that in a lot of ways that especially something like um, the water temple is not. So um, I, the bottom of the well is a I think a very good. Um, it's the first introduction we have of obviously like invisible, uh, or not, I guess what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, insubstantial. Yes. Uh, walls and floors. And yeah. I can't tell you how many times I accidentally fell in a pit when I was trying to go like unlock a chest or something. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've played this game like 10, 12 times. I don't know. And I still don't have it completely committed to memory where the fake floors are. So yeah. like. Yeah, I, I definitely fell into the redead pit once or twice um, in this whole in this little section. There is one thing that I want to talk about before we move on to the Shadow Temple itself and get into the dungeon map. And I, I'm curious to hear you guys' thoughts on this because mm. I think that what they do with um, with this section of the game represents a very interesting uh, jiving of two different tones. So all the other places that we go the forest temple, the fire temple, the water temple, the temple ends up being somewhat of a tonal extension of the main area of the map that it's branching off of. Right. Like, you know, Goron city is the volcano city. Mm -hmm. And then the fire temple is the fire cave behind it. Right. Like the water temple has a very similar feel to Zora's domain and the forest temple, you know, like, I mean, these things all feel like natural extensions of the main area that they're based off of. But, with the Shadow Temple, you've got this crazy, creepy juxtaposition of tones between Kakariko Village, which you've been going to for the entire game at this point, and um, and and feeling a sense of security there, right? Like seeing all the townspeople living safe lives, especially after you become an adult and you go back there and you see that the refugees are kind of hanging out there that were driven out of Shadow or out of um out of Castletown, um, you just get a cozy hometown feeling from Kakariko Village, even in the music. But then it's got these absolutely terrifying places that are just right beneath the surface all the time. And and to me, that's such an interesting thing to think about. And that's maybe ascribing a bit more depth to it than is really warranted just because um, – this is an older game and they didn't necessarily have the bandwidth to explore that dichotomy very much, but it is one that I'm aware of anytime I'm in Kakariko village, you know, like yeah, I, I you're know. aware that there's a mass grave in the well. 
Yeah, like I know, I know, I know what's, I know what's hanging. Like just because I played it before, like I know what's hanging right underneath mm-hmm. the surface. Yeah, you know? and that's a really interesting point. I, I never really thought about it, but you're totally right. Like it's, it's like they're burying and hiding all their dirty little secrets, and then you get to go explore <laughs> those dirty little secrets. So, Kylie, if you lived in Hyrule, would you live in Kakariko Village in a really nice house? knowing that the bottom of the well was right beneath your feet. Okay. So there's two, there's two ways I could go about this. (laughs) Um, As someone who enjoys exploring creepy places and abandoned places and has gone ghost hunting in her life because I'm weird like that and enjoy stuff like that. Did you find any? Um, uh, well, Another podcast, <laughs> <laughs> or another another time, another story. I, okay, I have okay. plenty of I have plenty of crazy stories. Um, so I I actually a little bit of a segue. I actually live, and I I posted pictures about it. Um, I actually live uh, across the street from a graveyard that was there since like the eighteen hundreds, and it's actually really really neat. It's like a, a beautiful, well taken like garden, but I mean it, it is an old graveyard. Mm-hmm. And it's actually quite beautiful. So I think for myself, like, honestly, I, I probably, I probably could, I could probably vibe, you know, with the, the spookiness, but, uh, you know, obviously there's the other side where it's like, well, yeah, everything below me is, is cursed. And do I, do I really want to, want to deal with that bad juju? Like what, if, do I want to, you know, it's the, it's a nice house next to the cool, like windmill, like worth it. Mm. Is it? <laughs> like, I mean, I guess that's a good point. Um, I feel like I could. Um, just because like, I do love that town and it's very cute and cozy, but, uh, at the same time, you're like, "Hmm, the entirety of the dead is beneath my feet. Yeah. Well, let's not forget Mm. that if you, if you did live in Cockerico village, you can't, you can't get a house too close to the windmill because then you're just going to get guru guru pumping his song of storms at all hours of the night. But respect where respect is due. Uh, best ocarina song in the entire game. It gets in your head Absolutely. and doesn't leave it ever. Yes. Oh man. Okay. And and you know the less said about the whole temporal mechanics of who teaches who the song of storms, the better. Cody touched on that a bit when he was. We're, we're not getting into a causal time loop predestination paradox. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh my god, you guys will be there for ages yeah. if you do. It's like it's like a Star Trek episode at that point. It really is. <laughs> Yeah. The predestination so paradox or a causal time loop. Wait, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, that has been part two, which is our takes. Let's just get right into it. Let's uh, go on to part three, which is the dungeon map, where we analyze this week's dungeon from mechanics to music and more. The Shadow Temple is just such. It's like it's everything we've experienced in this section of the game dialed up to 11. It's um, yeah, just dis- pure distilled horror 
Oh, for sure. So I'm going to read you a little excerpt here on uh, Zelda fandom wiki about the Shadow Temple. Um, So the Shadow Temple was historically a place used by the Sheikah to interrogate and torture enemies of the royal family of Hyrule. Because of this dark stain on Hyrule's history that it represents, it is taboo for the royal family to even speak of the Shadow Temple, which is why some of the floors and walls uh, are stained with blood and torture equipment is located in several of the rooms. That makes... Oh, I did not know that. Very interesting. I didn't either. So, like, I mean, so Impa is basically super down with the unethical treatment of prisoners. I mean, we don't know that Impa is specifically, but her ancestors, yes. Okay, well, okay, maybe this is a little bit less about Impa than it is. So, like, I I associate her so strongly with this temple. Like, I have it here in my notes, the Shadow Temple, Impa's weird basement. Like, I mean, yeah, maybe she she gets up to weird shenanigans in there. I don't want to know. Does Um, she have a safe word? uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, there's... I mean, look, the, the, the less uh, the less examined about this, the better. I do want to say I got such a kick out of this walking around down in the crypts and it keeps telling you that same message over and over. It's like the Shadow Temple. Here is gathered Hyrule's bloody history of greed and hatred. And I'm sitting here like, well, I guess I'm glad we have a place for that. Like, why do... And this is contained in one area. <laughs> right. Like, do... I mean, yeah. Uh, hey, Matt, where, uh, where where do where do where we, we have s- our our collection of greed and hatred? Where have we where, been putting all that at? Where are we storing it? Yeah. Uh, you guys have like a closet or like a, a box? I feel like we'd need something <laughs> a little bit bigger than a closet or a box. <laughs> A vault? <laughs> we have a vault. I don't know. We'll have to find a spot. Yeah. So anyway, we do encounter another dead hand in this dungeon, which, Ugh. you know, he's uh, he's a little less scary the second time you meet him. And it also helps that the master sword makes pretty quick work of this guy. Versus, that is true. Versus your Kokiri sword when you were child link. Um, but I, I do just want to say, I don't understand, Matt, you and I were talking about this the other day. This dungeon would be so hard to complete without the lens of truth. And you can do oh, it. Almost can impossible. Do it. I, mean, I can't imagine trying to do it. Yeah, I mean, like everything, everything that you need to see with it is there, regardless of whether you can see it or not. So, um, you know, it's it's just a big process of trial and error, I would assume. But I got to believe that there's a fair number of people who made it to this dungeon without having first acquired the lens of truth. It's just because there's nothing, especially as your adult link, there's nothing in the game when you're on your way to this temple, that's telling you, oh, hey, there's this item that you need and you go back in time and you get it and it'll help you in this dungeon, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, like, if if you do go to the Shadow Temple, um, or when you go to the Shadow Temple, you open the door and you go in and there's that solid wall um, or it looks solid anyway. And it's got that creepy metal plate with the super creepy face on it. And it will stop you and it'll say uh, something along the lines of like, uh, he who has the lens of truth may pass this wall or whatever. I don't know. I don't remember exactly yeah, what it says. Yeah, something yeah. along those lines. So like, that's the only thing in the game that really tells you to like, hey, go find this item. But it doesn't tell you where it is, how to get there. And even if like you listen to Sheik when Sheik is like, hey, this uh, evil spirit escaped from the bottom of the well. Well, like, okay, curiosity dictates I should probably go see what it's at the bottom of the well. Oh, hey, 
it's a solid block of stone that I cannot blow up or break. <laughs> cool. I guess there's nothing down here. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, yeah. How are you supposed I mean, to know? Yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's fair. I still think it's a little indirect, but I mean. No, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, how are you supposed to know yeah. that you have to go back in time, play the Song of Storms inside the windmill to drain the well, to go to the bottom of it, to get the lens of truth. Like that's a five step process that has zero signposting. But the thing is you have to also you you have to already have gotten the Song of Storms from Guru Guru as, as an adult. adult link. Yeah. So like so it's almost like you have to have another step yeah, in between to, to like because like for instance if you if you go and they're like oh okay I have to have the Song of Storms but if you don't already have it you're like okay I have to do that and then do this and then I can get into the temple. So it's like no. a, a three-step thing. And I will fully admit, like, especially when I played um, back when I was a kid, you know, my my stupid self was like, what, 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 what do I do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am stuck. What does this mean? And again, you know, me not knowing, like, Zelda lore as much back then, because the only game I had really played Zelda-wise before that was A Link to the Past, and it, it, obviously it still has the same beats, you know, you, there's little secrets to stuff and whatever, but, you know, me playing a, a Zelda that, you know, looks like this and is a little bit more in depth and everything. Um, I was like, I don't know what to do. And I remember, oh my God, the little, little side segue here. I remember we had one computer in our house and, uh, my parents would let us use it every once in a while. Um, like we had like time to I come from a family of five so we had you know turns on the computer and I remember spending all of my time looking up all of the Zelda playthroughs this was before like they had full like walkthroughs and stuff like that the only other way you could get the walkthroughs if you know you you got it from like Nintendo Power right mm-hmm. so I remember using all the ink not knowing how to print this stuff properly in black and white I remember using all the ink in the computer oh no no of the Ocarina of Time walkthrough and the Majora's Mask one and I got grounded because I did (laughs) dad was so mad he was like what are you printing I was like I need to know because I didn't have time you know I wasn't (laughs) able to just like I didn't have a phone I couldn't just like look something up the the age before smartphones when everything was right at your fingertips to this to this day, I still have it. Oh, I have dial the complete. Up. Oh. I have the complete. Yeah. Oh yeah. AOL. Oh, that horrid sound. Before Google, I still we had to use Yahoo. Yes. Yep. I still have both um, game guides printed out in a folder in my Nintendo like collector's box I had since I was a kid. That's I still. Oh my goodness. I might have to dig them out and send you pictures. You, you guys absolutely can see have to. That's awesome. That. Please do that. Relics. Yeah. These ancient relics. <laughs> and I remember even highlighting it, like like the stuff I needed to like make sure I remembered because I wanted a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I I actually very vividly remember the first time I played this dungeon as a young child. I actually like tried to go through a like into the Shadow Temple without the lens of truth, and I probably spent like an hour in the first room by itself just like trying because you have to push that thing and it has to point to the right skull and like you have to do and Mm -hmm. i was like couldn't get it yeah and and i couldn't find yeah it was a whole thing so kylie is this your favorite dungeon in this game this and the forest temple yes these are definitely both my faves um which is it's funny because i feel like both of them have a spooky vibe to them, but in a different way. Yeah. 
Um, obviously the, the forest temple has that kind of like ancient ruins, spooky feel a little bit like, you know, uncharted or tomb Raider. Like it kind of has that same vibe, yeah, comparison. um, where, uh, the shadow temple is just pure horror. <laughs> yeah. It's just pure scary. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we've got like, and, and that's, that's reflected in the environment design, but even also in like the traps that you have to get past. I mean, and, Mac- <laughs> and, the, and the, the fake walls and like all that stuff, like it's definitely like a very, it's it's yeah no i definitely know what you yeah mean. so like we had max nichols on the podcast last week to talk about the water temple and he brought up the fact that ocarina of time has this thing where like its dungeons don't necessarily read as usable spaces like usable real life spaces and i mean i feel like this dungeon has a has a giant case of that if for no other reason just because it's like Hey, to get anywhere in here, you have to walk under giant guillotines. And why do we have so many of them? I don't know. And then in the other in the rooms, we don't have giant guillotines on the ceilings. We have rotating guillotines that will cut you in half. Right. Yeah. For no reason. And if you walk into a random room, there's a big X torture chamber with chains and blood all over the floor. Don't you feel so welcome? (laughs) (laughs) I think those are strictly utilitarian, but man, they are. Oh, oh oh God. (laughs) I mean, let's not even get into what I can only interpret as being the literal underworld. Like of Hyrule yeah which is, like you, you you take Karen's boat across the river Styx yeah, the, basically the freaking river of souls yeah, it's, yeah very much that <laughs> yeah. creepy which of course uh, you know is creepy enough without you having to fight those two Stalfos on the deck on your oh, way oh yeah which I actually was curious Matt I, I, I always try and see if I can kill both those guys before I have to jump off oh Did I you? always do it yeah yeah um, this mama ain't raised oh, no bitch yeah <laughs> So it's, but it's kind of hard. Like you, you don't have as much That's time true. as you would think. And it's not like you need to kill both of them, but I always try. Um, this is like a challenge. It does. Mm, I wonder if I can. Yeah. For sure. yeah. I got one guy this time. The second guy, I got into like a, a really, um, a really extended um, combination of like shield blows with him where he, mm-hmm. he was just parrying all my attacks and I couldn't get under his guard. So I was like, all right, dude, you just, you go down with the ship. It's cool. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Yeah. And, and can we talk about, the awesome ship design. It is. Um, yes. Yes. And I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember if, um, in the 3d remake, if they added the red cloak that was over the, um, the ship's head. Mm. I, cause oh, I, I honestly can't remember. Um, cause I know they added a like a, a few kind of special touches. I don't, I don't um, think that red cloak was in the N64. Yes, and and I feel like that is one thing in the the 3DS version that I thought was really neat. It added a really cool pop of color and also made it a bit more ominous. Yeah. Um, Because that's what I'm saying. Like, I've played through both so many times that, like, you know, I played through the 3DS version several times because when I would travel, that was, like, my go-to game. Um, Because I would, like, my family and I, we would travel down to Florida on the trip there. I would try to be Ocarina of Time before we got, you know, to Florida, and then I would you know, play it again on our way back. Um, so I hadn't played the N64 version in a while until now. And I, I'm kind of st- now starting to like spot the little highlights that they did mm-hmm. in uh, the 3DS version. But that was one highlight I really loved that they did that um, really brought a cool contrast to everything dark and gritty in the dungeon feel. It's yeah. just like this, this skeletal, you know, head of the boat. And he's got like this red cloak. It's very like, 
like you said, like the river sticks. It's very like feel, it fits that feel. And I thought it was really, really neat that they did so that. So I'm looking at side by side pictures on Google right now. The N64 version, it's not even, a, the figurehead is not even a skulled figure. It's like it's, a. It's like a. A bird. It's like a bird. It's like a bird. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, yeah, that's, I literally was just looking it up right now, too, because I'm like, I'm positive they changed that. Yeah, the 3DS version looks much creepier. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like they, they like, were like, okay, we're going to we're gonna make it even more terrifying for your dreams. Oh, it was. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what do you guys think of the item we get in this dungeon, the hover boots? I mean, they're fine. It's an item to me that has always sounded so much cooler than it actually is. Yeah. Like, it's useful in this dungeon and then in one or two puzzles in the Spirit Temple. And other than that, like, what can you really even do with it really you really don't use i I think it's kind of i think with these i I feel like it's helpful in some cases making some of the side quest things a tad easier Mm -hmm. but not by a lot my brother and i called them butter boots (laughs) (laughs) so and we we, we've called them butter boots since i was a kid so it was really funny i was i was playing with a couple friends of mine and I was like, oh, oh, I'm going to get the butter boots in this temple. And they were looking at me like, what the heck are you talking? I was like, the, 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 the hover boots. I was like, they're like the butt because you slip. I was like, the butt. And they're looking at me like I'm speaking a foreign language. And I'm like, they're butter boots. Just just, just go with it. Just accept <laughs> yep, it. Just go with it. I love that. The, the <laughs> hover boots on this podcast shall henceforth be known as the butter boots. The butter I'm calling boots. it now. Because you slip around. Like, I mean, that's exactly what it is. Like, they, the color and everything. Like, you look like you're slipping around. Like, it's butter. No, that's a great, <laughs> it's that's a great name. I love it. But, yeah, I mean, all in all, a pretty useless item in the grand scheme of the game, right? Yeah. Um, like I said, they, they make a few things a little bit easier. But, honestly, besides, like, this temple in general, like, they're they're really not used much more. Um, it's not like, you know, when you get the bow or, like, even, like, the lens of truth. Because, like, you can use that to uncover more side quests and secrets where it's like the, the, the butter boots <laughs> are really only used in this to, to progress. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So we've, we've gotten past the item. We got to the ship of the dead. Let's go ahead and talk about the boss of this dungeon, which is the, uh, um, which is of course the Demogorgon from stranger things. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, more or less. Yeah. Less, less eating of things, though. But there's still the face, just all face flaps. Yeah, but they, yeah, they got that that weird face flap thing going on. It's very similar. Go look up a side by side. It's like, it's like a. It kind of reminds me of like a like a weird take on like a Venus flytrap, like where the 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 plant, like it looks like a plant, you know, yeah. like the face opening and stuff. It's that same feel. But you're right. I actually didn't really think about it. It really does look like the Demogorgon. <laughs> so, Matt, I've got a question for you as yes. our as our big hardline opponent of the gyro controls in in this game. Yes. Did you beat Bongo Bongo without using the gyro controls to aim your bow? Absolutely. Man, I don't know how you're. He just like his hands move so fast. And they the, do. And uh, the, the joystick lib- is so gummy. Liberal use of Z targeting. Okay. Yeah, it's it was actually extremely helpful, um, mostly because like really when you think about it, um, 
Bongo Bongo's biggest like thing that annoys me about him is that he hits the drum that you're standing on and like jostles you all around. So if you're doing gyro controls or you're not doing if you're just not doing Z targeting in general, your aim, you have to manually correct that. But with using Z targeting, Link will stay locked on even if he's going up and down on the stupid drum. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, who the hell put a giant drum in the equivalent of Hyrule's underworld. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, it's just my headcanon for this is that um, Impa picked it up at World Market and then she just didn't really, I mean, she ran mm-hmm. out of room in her house, right? So she's like, I, I'm going to put this down in the Shadow Temple basement <laughs> until I know where, until I get a better place to put it. So Impa's a hoarder. Yes. Okay, we'll go with it. Yes. No, it's... it's of cursed <laughs> items. It, 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 it is odd. There's no getting around that. I mean, I think, look... This is a good boss, right? I yes, mean, absolutely. Yeah. Very frantic. Um, he does mega damage, moves very quickly. Yes. You you definitely can't slack off no. fighting this boss. Um, no, you cannot. A, um, and I think it's a really interesting phenomenon. He is the only boss so far that you don't actually use the item that you got in the dungeon to fight him. You use the item you got in the mini dungeon beforehand. Oh, you don't have to use the hover boots. Holy crap. All right. Well, here's us talking about how you can technically beat the Shadow Temple, even if you don't have the Lens of Truth. <laughs> Good luck beating Bongo Bongo without the Lens of yeah, Truth. Yeah, what is that even like? Can you? I have no idea. I've never done it. <sighs> oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure some person has like done some crazy video on it. But I mean, I mean, yeah, like you're you're right. Um, back to the whole drum thing. I am. Um, I kind of wonder if, like, the drum, I know you guys were joking about it being, like, a hoarded item. I wonder if it's just supposed to be, like, a spirit drum, like, some, like, because I know, like, that's kind of a thing, especially with, like, the dead. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering if that's kind of what it was supposed to represent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. Like, a, I don't know. That, that was, like, my, that was my whole thought when I saw, because, like, again, when I first, first played it, I was like, why, why a drum? But, you know, I don't know if it was just them thinking, like, you know, this would be, like, an interesting boss fight or if there was more to it. Because, I mean, you know, obviously, like, you know, the temples later, especially with the um, the spirit temple, like, there's a lot more, um, like, lore behind, like, the certain things. Like, you know, for instance, with the the spirit temple, the the later versions, they took the chanting out Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Um, so that's kind of what I wonder if it, it maybe had like a deeper meaning. And I, I'm, I'm curious, I might look that up after we finish here. I'm wondering if that's, that was like a symbolic I, thing. I would be prepared to believe that at least anything that happens in the spirit temple after we ride the ship is taking place in a, like a different plane of existence. Like, okay. Okay. I got like you. we're no longer tethered to the mortal world at this point And it's all just, yeah, you're basically, you're basically in the underworld. Like that's really what it, what it feels yeah, like. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> I think that's a much better explanation or at least a much more interesting explanation than Impa picked the drum up at a swap meet. I mean, I, I think Kylie's <laughs> probably the right one here for sure. I'm going to go with that. I think they like a flea market on the Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll take an L on that one. Um, <laughs> I, I, Kylie was right. Um, no, I, I, I think that's probably correct. Um, yeah, I don't think the hover boots, if you're wearing them, doesn't that slightly help you with your aim? Like, so I'm looking at it to, now actually, cause I was actually Googling what the, if the, if the drum did have some kind of significance that I just don't associate with, um, the afterlife. Um, so 
if you wear the hover boots, um, when he bounces you up in the air, obviously you hover there for a second, so you're not having as much jostling. But also, apparently, he will stay on the opposite side of the drum from you, like as far away from you as possible. So it gives you more room to maneuver with your arrows, and you can also kind of force him to go where you want him to go. Apparently. I didn't ah, know that. Okay. Also, if you have the ice arrows which if you have the ice arrows, that means you went to Gerudo's village, uh, Gerudo's Valley already. Um, if you have ice arrows, you shoot one hand and freeze it. Bongo Bongo will use his other hand to try to break the ice on that hand. So it's easier to stun oh, both of them. Oh, interesting. That's stinking cool. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I did not know that. But, well, this, uh, actually, this actually leads... I did not know that either. This actually leads... I learned so much in this podcast. Like, <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> I've, been a, I've been a Zelda fan for years, but I had no, I had no idea that that was. Oh, that's very interesting. Now I like want to go play when we finish this, and like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna test this out. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I mean, this does bring up an interesting bit of progression trivia. Um, I forget how this is displayed on the 3DS version, but I remember on the N64 version, when you get the medallions and you look at them in your subscreen, the spirit medallion is actually displayed before the shadow medallion. And uh, that actually kind of led me to do some digging. And I think that this game is completely agnostic to which one you have to go get first. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty sure you could just go do the the spirit temple at this point, and maybe they even intended for you to do that first in the N sixty four version. Um, not sure what the deal is with that exactly, because you do still need the lens of truth to do a few things in the spirit temple quest line. But um, I, I think that you you can do that if you want. I never do because I have always looked at the spirit temple as the last temple in this game, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you can do either or if you want. I, I think you're correct. Um, let us know on social media if you have ever done the spirit temple before the shadow temple. Yes, please do. OK, so we clear Bongo Bongo fun boss fight that puts a pin in this dungeon for the most part. Do either of you guys want to say any last words on the shadow temple before we move on? Um. I think we've said most of it. Um, it's it's just so disturbing in some ways and also like exhilarating in other ways. There are more enemies in this dungeon than in any other dungeon we've had so far, um, which is a lot of fun for me. Um, I think it has the creepiest enemies in the entire game. Floor masters alone are in my, I hate floor masters. Um, Floor and, and like all of them, they all suck. They do. (laughs) Yes. They all suck. Just so many grabby hands. Every, all the hands are trying to grab you in here. That's about to say, okay, so what we've got bongo bongo, which has big hands that are trying to grab you and or punch you. Yeah. Uh, wall master, floor master, dead, dead hand. Yeah. Three deads grab you yep uh okay i think that's all that i'm thinking of so five which coincidentally is the number of fingers you have on your hand so (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's true um yeah this like this temple i i think some people hate it because it's like boring or simplistic or whatever i like it a lot i would say this is my third favorite temple in Ocarina of Time. So, Kylie, this is this is your place. Give us a button on the temple. Just tie it up for us. So, for me, 
there's a lot of like, like you feel like a dread, mm-hmm. like you feel like a heaviness. And to be honest, that, that can be really difficult to convey um, in games, especially back then. And something that Ocarina of Time really did very well is that each temple had like you could you could feel like that spirit in each temple where it's like, you know, the water temple, you know, yes, it's difficult and tricky and stuff, but there's there's still like this beauty and this light in it. And, you, you know, you get this feeling of like this is very like. I'm trying to think of the word like um it's like there's like you have like a respect for it because it, it feels like like a very like spiritual experience where when you walk into um the shadow temple it, it feels like just like this heavy like this death like there's all of this like weighing on you and uh it, it kind of it kind of changes the perspective um from each temple that you go to and for, for me with this like when I when I walked into it not only was I impressed with the detail and the way that they made everything feel in each room. Like I said, like they did not hold back on the darkness and, and giving you that feeling. And for me, that really resonated with me. And I was incredibly um, taken aback when, when I played it, that it was just like, man, they, they really went far out with this. Um, and I think that's why it's, it's always held a special place in my heart yeah, the temple may be more straightforward. Yeah, maybe more you know simplistic than others, but just the little little nuances, little details they threw in there really stuck with me. Especially as someone you know who's who's an art and creates things. Like I, I appreciate the little things that they did in that to give that atmosphere. So I, it's why it's up there with some of my favorite temples is because I recognize that um, that and you know the 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 forest temple really I feel like really pulled it out in that um, in in the Zelda world they really they they pulled out all the stops with that. Very eloquently said, Kylie. Couldn't have put it better myself. Thank you. I, I think <laughs> we'll just have to end it right there because I'm not gonna I can't add anything. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's the dungeon map. It can't possibly get better from there. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, this has been part three of the dungeon map. Let's move on to part four where we talk side quests. Matt, what side questy nonsense did you get up to this oh, week? Oh, I did some side questy nonsense, both as uh, adult Link and child Link, actually. Um, I got the big Goron sword, so I did that entire uh, fetch quest, uh, trading quest, which was... <sighs> it's long, honestly. I think it's got one or two too many steps, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I got the empty bottle from the Cuckoo Lady in as Young Link. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm now up to three empty bottles. Cool. Um, and I got the big bomb bag from the Bomb Chew Bowling Alley, um, which I had rage quit earlier in this podcast. I think it was like two or three weeks ago because <laughs> that giant chicken kept getting in the way. Dave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, giant chicken Dave kept getting in my way. So I... I have the 500 rupee wallet now. So I literally just went in there and I said, I'm not leaving this stupid bowling alley until I have the big bomb bag. And I feel that. Yeah. Oh, I feel oh, that. God, I hate that. I hate that mini game. I hate bomb chews in general. I think they're stupid. Um, <laughs> you only really use them in that mini. I have, I'm going to be honest. I, I have only really used them in that mini game and not really ever. in much. No, else. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. even in there, they, so they show up again in Majora's mask and I don't think I have, have I ever you have them? to use them to solve a puzzle in the spirit temple, maybe two yeah. puzzles, but okay. But like, still they're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> okay, so so bomb chew bowling and the big Goran sword. Yep, Anything and the else? the bottle. Okay, cool. Um, and I got a couple pieces of heart. Um, that I was just how many heart containers are you up to now? Uh, thirteen. Okay, cool. Uh, next week, I'm actually going to put together a list of things that are required for your completionist run, and mm. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna check things off of them and see exactly how much you're gonna have to pack into the very last episode of this oh, show. Lord, <laughs> uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. I'm um, so excited. Okay, so the only piece of uh, side quest that I did this week was I had my first little encounter with the Poe dealer in Castletown as an as adult link. Yeah, uh, I was riding around on a Pona. Uh, 86, one of the big pose and, uh, it's a good feeling. Yeah, it is. It really is. And so I took that big Poe to the Poe dealer and man, this person is, uh, terrifying. Just has got a whole, isn't it the dead happy mask salesman? I have, that's, that's the, the I think, that's, that's I think the it's the dead happy mask salesman. Is that confirmed? I, I, I don't think it's confirmed, but it, it sounds like it's something. Not, but a, I'm going to go with it. Yeah, it's not. But a lot a lot of people have kind of speculated that that's what they think it is, like just to connect the Man. two. And I mean, I, I believe well, it. If but. that's the case, then he, the happy mask salesman ends up in a much better place in the child timeline than he does in the adult timeline. Does he, though? He's traveling yeah, around right. Hyrule <laughs> with a cursed mask containing a demon that tries to toss yeah. moons on people. But it ends up okay. Mostly. But is he okay? I don't know. Look, all I'm saying about the Poe dealer is this guy is creepy. All he wants to do is steal my body so that he can run a different kind of business, quote, quote. And then then also he just wants the world to be a more terrible place. So he doesn't ask for much, really. You know, just (laughs) I mean, he's just man. Seriously, it's one of those quotes, though, that like I was talking to him and he's like, ooh, with a body like that, I could run a different kind of business. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, my. That's that's the real <laughs> Sacred Realms after dark. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so, uh, yeah, um, you just keep on keeping on Poe Dealer, uh, whatever, whatever you've got going on. Just that's uh, that's great. He's, doing, he's just that, doing his yeah, thing. Just do, doing your thing. We, we respect you, I guess. Um <laughs> Yeah. I guess. So anyway, that that's about it on side quests. Kylie, is there anything in this section of the game that you usually go out of your way to do or? Oof, I'm trying to remember. It has been a hot minute since I've been to this. Part. Like I said, like I, I fell a little bit behind. Um, I know I had just last time we had done this uh, recording, I had just actually beat um, Dodongo's Cavern, and now I'm like behind, and I'm like, oh, cr- oh crap, I don't remember. So now it's like, I, I swear, after this, I'm gonna go play. Like, I don't care what time it is, I'm probably gonna. Go that is totally, <laughs> that is totally okay. In that case, <laughs> let's move out of side quests. Let's get to part five, which is Z targeting, where we lock on to fascinating characters or enemies that we happen to cross. Uh, Matt, I'm gonna let you go first. Give me your Z targeting pick. No, uh, I'm gonna need to think of one real fast. Hold Did on. you forget to pick your Z targeting, dude? <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. Well, some people clearly take this production more seriously <laughs> than others. Kylie, uh, how about you give me a Z targeting pick? What, uh, if you, Okay. Yeah. So technically, I don't really know if it counts as like a Z targeting, but I wanted to, I guess, kind of like put an emphasis on this particular design in the Shadow Temple. I don't know if you guys noticed, but um, I think it's the blocks in this. Uh, for like it's like the Shadow Temple paintings where it looks like a creepy mask being held by like a hand. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys ever noticed that. So, like I said, it's not technically like you know, not really Z targeting on it. I mean, I guess maybe you could, especially if Navi is like floating over it. But um, I wanted to point out the design in this, and not only how terrifying it is, but how beautifully done it is. Um, it's a very like interesting, like I would almost have to kind of send you guys a, a photo if you guys don't know what I'm talking about. Um, it's it's basically if you look on Google, it's, it's the shadow temple face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it literally looks like two hands underneath like a really creepy, like smiling face. Mm-hmm. And that really stuck out to me um, in the design of the Shadow Temple. Um, and I feel like it's kind of forgotten a lot because, you know, it's just something that you're, you know, using in the game to either, you know, change a block or, or disintegrate it or whatever. Um, but it re- like it was just one design that I feel like a lot of people overlook. And I thought it was really, really neat and uh, really well done. And that face will haunt me in my dreams for the rest of my life. <laughs> it is creepy as heck. No, you're you're um, right. I know exactly what you're talking about, and it is. Yes, it is yes. Terrifying. I I I just I, anytime if you look up anything on the Shadow Temple, it's one of the main thing that's main things that's always brought up. And I'm like, well, I see why. Like, not only is it terrifying, but it's like it's really well done and designed. And, and, you know, thinking years later, like, I still remember it. So not only is it a, a, good, a good design in that sense, but it's like, yeah, I'm remembering it years later. That's how well done it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, so that, that's that's my semi-Z target. Okay, okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> okay, mine, uh, I actually picked Guru Guru, who you meet as part of Lowering the Well. Um, this dude, look – we made him very irate when we drained the well and we, when we <laughs> he was not happy. he was not and like to the point where 70 years later when we're adult link he's still talking about it like ah oh, that one time this kid came in and he made the windmill spin too fast and i'm just like <laughs> how much did we really inconvenience you like your windmill appears to still be working and i'm not entirely sure why you're so angry but I mean, yeah, no, it's like how what does the well have to do with his windmill? Am I like missing a connection here? I don't really like know. the well is still drained. So I guess. Yeah. Oh, he's so he's very angry. He is super. <laughs> so any, any, anyway, uh, he's a very he's a very flustered man. Um, but I do love his little organ box. It's it's great. So. It is um, a, a little a little side note here. There was a, a I don't know if it was an E3 or PAX or something, but um this uh, cosplayer, which I wish I remembered his name. If I find it, credit him because he's an absolute, he did fantastic. So he actually did a full cosplay of that character and the music box actually played the music. Like he would spin it and everything. And he had the full, like the full getup. Um, and it looked phenomenal. Like I was like, man, nobody cosplays stuff like that. Like the, you know, the, the more, you know, everybody does link, everybody does, sure. Zelda, you know, all this. So, so to see somebody do something like that, I was like, Oh my God, that's so cool. Like you did amazing. So yeah, I um, really, no, I really do yeah. appreciate the people who go above and beyond on the characters that you would never even think of. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. All right. So mine is from the big Goron sword trading quest. It is um, the hag in the potion shop who you have to take the mushroom uh, to to yeah. create the medicine. Uh-huh. I've actually been kind of reading just general like lore stuff. I'm a huge lore nerd. I love to read everything I can about the whatever game I'm playing. 
Um, and the the prevailing theory is that the hag in the potion shop is um, the young man's mother. And so I just very much appreciate that she just gives no shits <laughs> that her son is sick and dying. All she cares about is this kid is an idiot because he went into the lost woods and now he's right. there. Like she literally spends the entire time not caring that her son is about to stern turn into a Stolfos. She's like, he's just dumb. And I'm like, okay, well that sure. Now just give me my medicine so I can go back. Yeah. No, she is a very interesting character. Um, like I, cause I actually, as my Z targeting pick a few weeks ago, I picked the, the, the kid, the kid. And, uh, forget what his name is cuckoo the son of the master carpenter he doesn't have a name in the ocarina of time yeah so anyway the hag in the potion shop is kind of the other end of that whole Mm -hmm. exchange and it it is a very interesting little yeah yeah so yep it's a good pick good pick definitely got a lot of character i feel like um that potion shop is pretty out of the way it's so out of the way i that was actually so the reason I didn't do the Kuko roundup as child link was because I forgot for a long time how to actually get over that fence as young link because you can't go through the house um, at the top of the stairs by the entrance to Death Mountain Trail. If you're when you're young link, there's a carpenter in there that's blocking the way and you cannot get past him. And so like I was like, OK, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh so yeah, I I hate that potion shop and I hate that little area behind the fence. Yes. Yeah. But <laughs> the annoying. only the only place in the game I think that you can get blue potion from. So It is. Yeah. Yes. So fun little tidbit there. Anyway, that has been Z targeting. I'm going to move us into part 6 which is our final thoughts. Um Kylie, I'm going to give you the honor here. Just give us a one or two sentence button on this whole section of the game. Um scoop. Scary skeletons. That's it. That's all I got. I was kidding. Hey, that'll do. No, no. This was an incredibly creepy, amazing, well-designed, artistically um, dungeon. Like, just the little things they put in there that really like. Just like I said, you know, that that creepy little statue, like I still remember it, even though I haven't played the dungeon in forever. So it really speaks to the the design of not only this temple, but just the game in general that with Ocarina of Time. And I know a lot of people, you know, kind of, you know, yes, there was Ocarina of Time is the best game and like, you know, all that stuff. And And I see I see why people feel that way. But for me, just as a whole, each temple has such like a, a little thing in each one that sticks with me. And I, there's very, very few games that do that. And with this one, um, just the creepy design, the the music, the ambiance, like everything really like just flows. Um, and and it, it, I love it so much for that reason. And honestly, every temple does that. But for this one, just something with the design and the the little creepy you know skeletons in the corner and each thing and like the creepy torture stuff like i mean they really went balls to the wall with it and i absolutely love that yep 
Yep, couldn't agree more. That has been our final thoughts on this section of the game, courtesy of Kylie Parker. She did an excellent job. Thank you, Kylie. Well done. Round of applause. Thank you. We will be back next week with another Sacred Realms rundown uh, where we're going to talk about the Spirit Temple and all of the happenings that lead up to that. So oh, I'm so excited. That's going to be a full section of the game. So. <laughs> I love this. Yes. is potentially my favorite section of the game coming up. Yeah. So we'll. It's a good one. Yes, for definitely sure. a good one. So we'll get into that next week. Before we get out of here, I do have two little bits and bobs that I want to talk about real fast. I got some news and releases, um, or I've got some information I want to cover under our rotating news and releases section because we actually have some stuff to talk about this week. Thing number one: if you didn't happen to see it, we are in full marketing lead up for Skyward Sword HD, which is coming out in July. Um, we do have a new amiibo that was released this week, or, or was released for pre-order this week. It's Ooh, and it's beautiful. It is gorgeous. It is so gorgeous. It is uh, Skyward Sword Zelda with her loft wing, and I believe it's already sold out everywhere that it went up. I, I'm pretty sure it's being scalped even as we speak. Oh, for sure. So um, <laughs> as is as is the way with Amiibo. Um, but uh, a good rule of thumb, if you missed out on it and you do want it, is to go follow Wario64 on Twitter. He... Um, He's really good about posting in stock updates whenever an item like this uh, comes back available on a place like Amazon or GameStop or wherever. So uh, following him is always a good thing to do just in general. Uh, But also I would keep an eye peeled on GameStop and on Amazon um, because I'm sure that they'll restock it at some point before the game releases. Um, From from my knowledge with Nintendo stuff... um Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But I feel like with Amiibo, I know a lot of the times the um, Champion Amiibo were sold out for a long time, and now you can find them pretty regularly. So don't lose hope. I I really don't think they're going to make it like an exclusive thing. Um, So just be patient. Do not give your money to the scalpers. They don't freaking deserve it. No, do (laughs) never feed the scalpers. Never feed the scalpers. Number one rule. No, don't. So I I know Nintendo can you know, have very short or, you know, small batches of things, but I truly believe that they're going to, you know, try to make it available for everyone um, later on in either a second release or, you know, whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, and don't, don't, don't spend an extra $200 on an Amiibo that they're no. probably going to re-release. Don't, don't, don't give the scalpers the satisfaction. Don't let them have don't, it. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. And the same rule of thumb applies for the Skyward Sword Joy-Con. Which I am eagerly awaiting. Yeah, I. I yes, me, me too. Me too. I want, I want a set of those so bad. Um, hopefully they go on sale again sometime before the game releases as well. But yes. Like I said, don't, I, I wouldn't freak out. It's not like the Majora's Mask 3DS where it was like literally gone and then it came back kind of for a bit. I, I really don't think they're going to do that again. So don't panic, um, all of you collectors. I, I really think they're going to try to make it more widely available. Um, so don't so don't give in to the scalpers. <laughs> yep, definitely. Okay, so one last thing before we get out of here, a piece of news. There was a report that was uh, published on comicbook.com this afternoon, and I usually don't like to report on um, on kind of Zelda hype articles because there are a lot of them out there, and they are of wildly varying reliability. Dubious nature. However... Dubious, very dubious. Very dubious. (laughs) However, the main quoted source of of this article is one Jeff Grubb, a reporter over at GamesBeat, who is um, 
very well respected for his track record of accurately predicting information. Uh, he the, the dude basically doesn't miss um, and he doesn't have a habit of reporting on false information just to drive hype. So basically, right. yeah, basically the substance of this report is that we will almost certainly be seeing Breath of the Wild 2 at E3. Jeff Grubb says he's 51% sure that we'll see Breath of the Wild 2 at Nintendo's E3 Direct. And if we don't see it there, then we'll see it in a special thing within a week or two after E3 ends. Um, Jeff Grubb also says that we'll be seeing more Zelda than just Breath of the Wild 2 and maybe even some Metroid news as well. What exactly that means, we can't say for sure. Um, a lot of people are predicting that we're going to get a re-release of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess HD for sure. Which is what we predicted uh, on our first bonus episode. Yeah. It, it, yes, it is. Which Kylie was on. Um we like <laughs> Kylie, don't we? We like Kylie a lot. She's great. Oh, I feel very special. I, I, honest to God, like anytime you guys ask me to be on this podcast, I clear my schedule. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I have, I legitimately have so much fun. Like I legit, I, I, I was so, I was so excited for this. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, I get to talk with my friends, and, like make a drink and talk about Zelda. I'm like, this is my jam. I'm so excited. That's the, that's the life. What's not to love? I'm doing my happy dance mm-hmm. over here. So, but basically just to put a pin in this whole thing, um, just remember guys that E3 is coming up quick. We are less than a month out and Nintendo has committed to putting on, uh, you know, a pretty substantial showing at this year's E3. Um, which we will do a bonus episode to cover. Yes, we will do a bonus episode to cover whatever comes yes. out of that. And I'm actually going to commit to this here. We will not lock that behind the Patreon. We no, we'll, we'll let that be free to yeah, all. Yeah, we will. Because look, any, awesome. anytime Nintendo does a full direct, it's worthy of celebration. Because absolutely. Lord knows we're getting fewer of those these days than we than we have in the past. But this should be a really big one. The 35th anniversary celebration of Zelda should be kicking off in that presentation or shortly thereafter. So a lot of information going to be coming fast and furious. Um, again, go follow Jeff Grubb. He is on Twitter. Um, he is a reporter for games beat. Like I said, so, uh, give him a follow. He's a reliable dude, um, to keep track of if you're into the video game hype cycle, just generally. So definitely, definitely a good one to, uh, to be checking in on. So that's all we have for news and releases this week. Like I said, we'll have more coming up soon. I'm sure we did not have a listener mail this week or actually more correctly, we did, but we're running out of time on this episode. So we're going to save that for another episode. Um, before we get out of here, Kylie, I just wanted to say again, thank you so much for coming on and doing this with us. I mean, we we have such a great time and we would love to have you back on really as often as you want to be on. Oh my gosh, I am absolutely honored. Anytime y'all want me to come on, just ask. I would be more than happy. I mean, like I said, having a drink with my friends, talking about Zelda, this is the life. I was I was telling Matt <laughs> before you logged on, uh, the early results on our Patreon uh, poll where we ask people to vote on what game we play next are heavily indicating that we're going to be doing Link's Awakening after this one. So, Oh, I love that game. Oh, that was my first Zelda. It was, yes. it was my first Zelda 2, and I played it really recently, and I couldn't be more excited to play it again. Like, I, I'm almost always in the mood to play that game. That, so. is, that is the Zelda game I have beaten probably only over 50 times across several platforms. Like, I have beaten it quite a bit. Wow. <laughs> yep, that sounds about right. So I have played a lot. So, anywho... <laughs> Fear not, listeners. Kylie will be back. We will have her on. Um, we'll do this all over again, just in a different Yay! game, and it'll be it'll be great. So, yes, 
Um, Okay, cool. So, Kylie, you already told us where all we can follow you. Everyone, I'm just going to remind you, go to her social channels, give her a follow. The work that she does is really incredible. So, I mean, it's just, um, it needs to be seen to be believed. So, Thank you, guys. Very much appreciated. If you enjoyed today's show and you would like a little extra Sacred Realms in your life, you can head over to patreon.com slash sacredrealmspod and you can become a patron. Got no rupees? Ain't no problem. Five-star Apple Podcast reviews are an excellent free way to support us. More reviews means that more people see our show, and that makes us very happy Hylians. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sacred Realms Pod for updates on the podcast and for behind-the-scenes action. Sacred Realms will be back next Wednesday with our thoughts on Ocarina of Time covering the Spirit Temple. And the Gerudo uh, Fortress. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Gerudo's Desert Fortress Spirit Temple, that whole section of the game, everything that goes into that. From the Gerudo Fortress through the Spirit Temple. You're welcome. I don't know why I even bring him on anymore. (laughs) At this point, like, I could do this myself, darn it. (laughs) <laughs> well all right no it's a lie i couldn't do this I, couldn't. I rely on our on, on our interpersonal oh, i love it i love dynamic it. yeah okay so sorry sorry all right uh we would love for you to play along with us and to share your thoughts on our social channels ocarina of time can be played on the nintendo 3ds or 2ds or on your trusty old n64 kylie where else can ocarina of time be played but absolutely shouldn't be the wii u don't ever play it on the wii u oh it's a trap <laughs> technically it could be played on gamecube also uh that's true it if can. you um if, if you were lucky enough to get that GameCube, collector's edition please. thing yeah if you got play it on gamecube i guarantee it's better it's, it's very good on gamecube actually <laughs> yeah yes it yeah is. it's bundled in with the uh with the wind waker collector's edition i think it, i yes. was it's called like the masters i'm gonna google it it's anyway that, well that's that's where that's where the master quest first dropped was in yes. that, on that little yes disc. for sure yes. Anyway, that you can play it there, too, if you'd like. In the meantime, may your hearts be full and may your arrows never miss. We will catch you guys next time. Sacred Realms is an independent podcast production, which is produced, edited and mixed by me, Lyndon Willoughby. Our music comes from Zelda and Chill by Mikkel and is graciously provided to us by Mikkel and Game Chops Records. Zelda and Chill is available to stream on Spotify or to purchase directly from GameShops.com. Finally, our thanks go to Nintendo for creating such exceptional and innovative experiences. Bye!